Hello and welcome back to the Wesley and Argus podcast with your host for this semester. My name is Laya McDavram and I'm the podcast manager. And I'm Oscar Kim Bauman, an executive editor here at the Argus. Happy thesis submission week to my fellow seniors and thanks again for joining us this week. As usual, we're going to start off today's episode with a roundup of the past week of news at Wesleyan. Let's get started with the Argus's news section. In Tuesday's issue, staff writer Gabrielle McIntosh wrote about the 6th Annual Survivor Solidarity Month, which is being hosted by the Westwell office. They've arranged events to raise awareness about sexual violence and support survivors on campus. Over on Features, we have a new edition of West Chess by staff writer Colin Polston. This week's puzzle is said to be purely positional, so be sure to put your chess skills to the test and take a look. We also have a new From the Archives by Assistant Features Editor Eugenia Shakinskaya. In light of last week's hot weather, Yuji takes a look at a 2014 guide to dealing with the heat and style. Over in the sports section, Assistant Sports Editor Ethan Lee took a look back at his first NBA predictions article from seven months ago and looked at how those predictions have stacked up as the season progressed. Plus, staff writer Michael Dulce evaluates the future of the UConn men's basketball team after they come off their fifth national title. Next up is arts. Oscar here wrote about the Asian American Student Collective hosting Lin Chen, class of 98, for the I Will Make You Mine film screening. The screening took place April 14th, and Chen, along with her husband, participated in a Q&A after the screening. Oscar discusses Chen's inspiration for the film and her reflections on the film industry. Assistant Arts and Culture Editor Nate Wheeler reviews the Super Mario Bros. movie, which he rates solidly at, quote, fine. Nate also highlighted week three of the senior theses at the Silk Gallery. The gallery showcased work from Sarah Emily Haas Alberts, Catherine Capecci, Claire Femondo, Nina Kagan, Tatiana Meyer, Kelly Nano Miranda, and Annie Wendorf. We still have a few weeks left of the showcase, so be sure to check it out. Finally, arts and culture editor Kat Struhar featured senior Abby Fisher's play, Leave If No Response. The play is said to explore queerness, Jewish identity, and making difficult decisions. The play was performed April 14th in the Russell House. Over in the food section, staff writer Gemma Rosa Ryan, aka Chef G, shared a recipe for herby ginger lentils with sweet potatoes. Contributing writer Emmett Levy wrote about Espresso, the student-run cafe, which he called the best drink on campus. And contributing writer Walker Brandt wrote about the transportive quality of food, exploring how food can be associated with different places, people, and memories. As Oscar previously mentioned, this week also marks Senior Theses Week, as around 30% of the senior class submitted their theses this Wednesday at 4 p.m. and celebrated with friends and family on the steps of Olin. We also spoke to a few seniors at the celebration and asked about their theses. First up is CSS major Max O'Hare. My thesis is about uh, the history of political utopianism. So essentially what I do is I track the concept of utopia in the political realm from Thomas More all the way to the modern era, particularly paying attention to Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Karl Marx, and my final thinker is Michel Foucault. And those three thinkers, for me, are sort of emblematic of the historical arc of utopianism and its eventual fall out of popular favor due to the fall of the Berlin Wall, the fall of communism, and sort of put forward an advocacy to revitalize this utopian imagination within the realm of political theory. Next up, I spoke to Ella Bean. Um, A title of my thesis is Mother Tongues language and dystopia in contemporary Japanese literature, but the M is in brackets, so it could be other tongues or mother tongues. It sort of explores three different books, three different pieces of contemporary Japanese literature that I like. And finally, I spoke with Brianna Rodriguez-Castile. My thesis is about like looking at how these terms that carry a lot of weight 
like historical weight are used in contemporary legislation and how that that weight that they carry goes on to affect power dynamics and and like racial hierarchy. We're also going to be talking with three seniors we have here at the Argus who submitted their theses this Wednesday. Oscar, Editor-in-Chief Andrew Liu, and Arts and Culture Editor Ben Togut. Thank you guys for joining me today. To start, what are each of you majoring in and what is the title of your thesis? I'm an English major and my thesis title is Secret Agency, colon, Espionage, Authorship, and Race in Contemporary Asian American Fiction. I'm Andrew, I'm majoring in CSS and Film. And my thesis title is The Machine and the Bureaucrat, The Implications on the Usage of Algorithms in Government. My name is Ben. Uh, my thesis title is Soak the Light Bled Through, and I'm majoring in English and Psychology. Great. And can you all just give me a quick description of your thesis? Yeah, sure. Um, my thesis is primarily an analysis of three different novels, The Sympathizer by Viet Tan Nguyen, Native Speaker by Chang Rae Lee, and My Year of Beats by Ruth Ozeki, and sort of takes a look at those novels in the context of the history of the spy genre and how espionage fiction has been used to address issues of race and politics and nationality and identity uh, dating back to the era of imperialism through the Cold War and now how authors are using it to sort of grapple with the post-Cold War era. So my thesis kind of uh, seeks to explore the usage of algorithms by government bureaucracies um, and looking at giving attention to the components of the algorithmic systems in place, the uh, implementation effects within the bureaucracy, and then the impact and response of these decisions on the, the people the government serves. Um, and my thesis is a collection of poems that explores queerness, intimacy, coming of age. It's primarily lyric poetry, and I turn to works of art for inspiration. I write acrostic poems, which is poems based on paintings, photographs. So this is obviously something that took a lot of time and energy. So what was the writing and editing process like for each of you? Yeah, so it is about exactly a year ago that this process began when I started asking around for professors who could sign on to this project as my advisor. And I initially had what I thought was the germ of an idea, but I met with one professor who, through some harsh but very constructive feedback, essentially made me realize I had no idea what I was doing, but gave me some very constructive feedback that helped me figure out a more concrete pitch. Then I ended up signing up with the professor who became my advisor, Professor Sean McCann, and throughout the whole process he sort of guided me with pointing me to different books that could be helpful in terms of both history and literary theory that could be helpful in analyzing the topics I was interested in, at least for what I did, which is a English thesis specifically on the literary criticism track. The process for that is that it's supposed to be roughly 80 pages, and of that, by the end of the first semester of your senior year, you should have written 20 pages, roughly your introduction. So the bulk of it is done in your spring semester, but also in the fall semester you are doing research, you are taking notes, you are sort of setting the stage, so that in the spring you are ready to sort of hit the ground running and you have the scaffolding all set up for you to do the rest of that writing. But it's a pretty grueling process. I guess my process was kind of similar to Oscar's in that much of the fall semester was really focused on honing in on what kind of our ideas was and kind of running those through our advisors to think more about what kind of thesis we wanted to write and what it would be about. And then in the spring, it was definitely a lot more writing, getting into the deep, getting into the details. And it was a lot of, lot of kind of long nights trying to look at the blank page and figure out what, what do I want to think about this or how do I want to think about this and then put it into words. 
which was a tough process to go through. Yeah, for me, the process is a little bit different because I was writing a creative thesis. There were poems that I already had written that spoke to what my project was trying to do. And so much of the fall and spring was just writing poems and thinking about structure and specifically what message did I want to tell through the structuring of my thesis. So I understand that, Ben, your process was a little bit different, but was there anything in particular that the three of you guys learned from the process, whether it be like time management, critical writing skills? Yeah, one thing I think I learned is just that a thesis is not this impossibly daunting task. I think, you know, going to Wesleyan and knowing people outside your year, before you're a senior and it's your turn to write a thesis, you are hearing for years from people you know who are seniors about the thesis and how intimidating it is and how if you have friends who are thesis writers, don't expect to see any of them during the spring because they'll just be locked in the library 24-7 writing. But as difficult as it was, as intense a process as it was, it's doable. And I think that's, that's my ultimate takeaway. I also agree with Oscar there. And then I, I learned a lot about how, how to kind of approach this type of longer term project and also learned a lot about my own self and how to, to do the time management and then to actually go down and think about these kind of complex resources or books that we end up reading and then trying to figure out how to process them was another experience to take on, especially in this kind of longer form format where you're focusing on different chapters that are multiple pages each rather than kind of your standard five-page, eight-page essay where at most maybe you cover a paragraph of a particular idea. For me, I feel like I learned a lot about myself during this process, especially because the poems in my thesis are quite personal. And I learned that, you know, sort of along what Oscar said, like writing a, a thesis, or for me, it felt more like a book, isn't impossible. Yes, it's hard, but if you push yourself, if you have confidence in your ability, then anything is possible. So the three of you already kind of alluded to this or mentioned this, but do you have any advice for future thesis writers? The thing that I've had to tell myself, and I would certainly want to tell anyone who's looking to do at least a literary criticism thesis, I don't know how it works for other majors, is to not think of it as I have to write one 80-page thing, because really the one 80-page thing is four 20-page chapters. And those 20-page chapters are just four to five, four to five-page essays. So really, it's just, you know, I can write a bunch of small essays on the same topic that connects to one another. And rather than, you know, I have a year to write this huge thing, it's I have to write a short essay every couple weeks. And if you think about it that way and break it down into those small doable tasks, it's a lot more approachable. I definitely agree with Oscar on that. But also add, if you're doing a kind of a research-based project or one where you're using many different types of sources, to develop a very good note-taking system because you don't want to remember that, oh wait, I did this really cool idea, this really interesting topic that I read about in this one report, and then be unable to find that report or be unable to attribute what you're writing to the proper source. For future thesis writers, specifically those who are looking to write a creative thesis, I would just say it's okay to have some idea of what you want to do coming in, but be willing for that idea to change and for your advisor to push you a little bit. And don't be afraid to experiment and get outside of your comfort zone. And also don't, don't be resistant to writing an introduction because that can really help, even if you're doing a creative thesis. And my final question for the three of you is, what does it feel like to be done? You know, as we're recording this, it's only one day after the submission. I don't think I've fully processed it yet, but 
I think it's a huge weight off because it was a huge amount of work that was just constant every day, every week for the last academic year. So I think I'm still processing what it's like to have that amount of free time again, even as I ominously await my grade in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar position. I came out of class today where I would normally work on my thesis during the afternoon until we started production for the Argus. And this afternoon, it was a little interesting to see that, oh wait, I do not have to focus on my giant thesis project. What else should I be doing? All this free time will be interesting to, to play around with now. Yeah, I, I want to echo what Oscar and Andrew have said. I don't think it's fully hit me yet. It does feel weird to have free time, but at the same time, I'm still looking for jobs. There are still other things that I need to be preparing for. So I think that even though I do have more free time, I still have responsibilities that I, that I need to get sorted out. Great, well, thank you all for talking with me today. Obviously, this is a huge accomplishment, so congratulations on your submission. We're gonna be wrapping up today's episode with a preview of today's issue of The Argus. Assistant news editor Carolyn Newgarten writes about Westfest. Westfest is Wesleyan's annual admitted students say event. This year it was held on Friday, April 14th and Monday, April 17th. Additionally, staff writer Rose Chen writes about So What, the free tailoring program sponsored by and located in the sustainability office. Over in the features section, Laya profiled this week's West celeb, Brianna Rodriguez Castillo. Brianna talks about getting married and building community at West. Over in the sports section, assistant sports editor Ethan Lee profiles this week's player of the week, Christina Yu, a grad student on the women's tennis team. Additionally, sports editor Aaron Byerly recaps and writes about the women's lacrosse team. We have a full house over in opinion this week. First up, news editor Sulan Bailey shared her common application essay for the latest installment of the column Argus Apps, where people share their common application essays that got them into Wesleyan. Head opinion editor Sophie Jager wrote about gun violence. Assistant Features Editor Akhil Jundef wrote about the issues with the system of waiting classes for the dance department. And Laya wrote a second article in today's issue. She wrote about FOMO and the university party scene. Finally, we have the arts and culture section. First up, staff writer Casey Epstein-Gross writes about succession, specifically the character Shiv Roy and how femininity and pregnancy are presented in the show. Assistant News Editor Sita Chu reviewed A Fable for Now, the first Mandarin language play produced at Wesleyan. We also have a comic from Ali Eckstein and Astrology by Nicholas Summerson. Thank you for listening to the Wesleyan Argus podcast this week, and be sure to check out today's issue of the Argus. The Wesleyan Argus podcast is hosted by me, Laya McAlvram. And me, Oscar Kim Bauman. Our podcast editor is Hannah McKiernan. You can also connect with the Argus online at wesleyanargus.com or over on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. Stay tuned for our next episode, and we look forward to keeping you updated throughout the semester. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.